0: hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the aware parenting podcast my name is Marian rose phd and i'm so delighted to have on as a guest my dear friend and colleague nick wilson who is an aware parenting instructor as well as a Marion method mentor welcome lovely nick thank you so much very happy to be here yay and one of the many reasons i wanted to any excuse to chat to you is <laughs> to for um, the listeners to get to hear about your experience with sleep and really that's why i thought the title transforming sleep was so apt because you and bella both had an experience where there was a very frequent night waking for quite some while and this is something that parents so often come to aware parenting when their toddler or two or three year old is wake up every 45 minutes or every hour and a half and just how exhausting and hard and excruciating that is and that that can change and that there are things that we can do in aware parenting when we really understand what's going on so I wanted you to come and share your experience
1: with Mm. us thank you yes I think sleep is the main thing for everyone when you first have a baby isn't it even in the preemptive stages when you're pregnant and people go, oh, enjoy your sleep because you're not going to get much of it after. And there's all this you know, hype around just expect that you're not going to sleep and you're going to suffer through it. And that's it. And yeah, I really had also a lot of my own conditioning around that because I've been told for my entire existence that I did not sleep as a baby. And so it's become a family joke that has, oh, you never slept till you were five. You started at school and then you started sleeping through the night, but you didn't sleep and nobody wanted to babysit you because you were a terrible sleeper. And there was quite a lot of conditioning around. So when I did fall pregnant, a lot of those jokes came again. Oh, I wonder if your baby's going to sleep and this, that and the other. So after a very, very traumatic pregnancy and birthing events, made our way home and The sleep was just non-existent. Like it wasn't even a three-hour block in the middle of the day. It was just nothing like that. From the day I got home from the hospital till about eight months, she slept 20 minute, two two 20-minute cap naps during the day. And that was after probably two to two and a half hours of me either driving around in the car, walking around in a circle with her in the pram, jiggling, (laughs) patting, rocking, shushing, humming, singing everything that you can imagine, white noise machines. I think I remember buying it, buying an 80 US dollar white noise machine because I saw it on an ad in the middle of the night one night and I was like, yes, I found the answer. And I was so excited. And I put the machine on for the first night and the same thing happened. I was like devastated after. So I still know lots of people that use white noise machines and swear by them, but it, yeah, it just did nothing for us. And there was just this sense of not only was I exhausted, but I was feeling really sad and like some sort of failure. How come, why is my child not sleeping? Why is this, why is it the way it is? And fast forward to just before we found Aware Parenting, which was sort of three and a half years on, I looked back after real, after learning about Aware Parenting and doing your introduction to Aware Parenting course, and then learning more about feelings and then doing, making friends with children's feelings, side note, best course in the world, and then Just realising, oh, my goodness, it's not because she's a terrible sleeper. She has lots of feelings. And then I went backwards and sort of saw what had happened. But through that initial period, it was zero to eight months to 20-minute cat naps and waking every 45 minutes at night. And then from eight months onwards, zero day sleeps and continuing to wake every 45 minutes at night. And it was just this absolute agonising anxious time so around about the 5 30 mark I used to feel this fluttering in my chest like I can't go through another night of this I can't I just I can't I don't want to I'm scared I was scared for the night time to come and I remember thinking so many times need to do something I need to make changes and it was only really when we'd failed every sleep thing under the sun that I really gave up um the 45-minute waking at night went on for three years. So it was three years of never sleeping more than 45-minute blocks. And of course, I didn't fall asleep in that time. So once I got her down, the second my head hit the pillow, it would feel like 20 seconds and she'd be crying again or rustling and waking up. So it was really torturous, is the only word I can imagine. I, I can think is just a fit. It was torturous. I felt tortured. I felt angry. I was sad. I was alone. Any mother that's had a child that wakes at night, you spend all of that time in your own mind, especially in the night, in the dark, nobody else is awake, it's quiet everywhere, and your baby's not sleeping, or it could be crying, and you just feel really alone, even if you've got a partner, even for whatever reason, you just feel really alone. So it was really, really tough, was easily one of the toughest times of my entire life
0: oh nick i am sending you so much love when you when you said the tortress i thought yeah there's a reason that sleep deprivation is yes. a torture. On the torture i understand, <laughs> I understand the
1: On the torture case. in some countries you know that right yep. yeah and uh,
0: well even when you were speaking right at the beginning i well i'd like to go back in time i'm sending you so much love for that three three and a half years of i, I could not even imagine what kind of even just physically, what kind of state you would have been in, let alone emotionally, and thinking about that fear that you would be feeling every, every night at 30 and trying everything or everything but not yet aware parenting and just yes. not, and not um, as well. I imagine like not having any idea about why any of those things. And then I really imagine like, and I'd love to hear more when you first found out about aware parenting. I wonder if it really made sense that you, know, you had such a, st- a stressful pregnancy and birth and just really putting the pieces together about why but I'm also setting love to even before that like when you're pregnant having all you know those those childhood stories about you being brought up and then your own experience as a baby and as a child which I imagine also probably in there and gurgling around as well about what was going on for you that you weren't sleeping what was happening emotionally
1: yes yeah and actually that's a lot of that came up to be healed when I learned about aware parenting so that's quite interesting that it had almost and I look back now in terms of I don't know this isn't away parenting but in conversations with life why she wasn't slept sleeping because I really needed to heal from that time as well that this all had to sort of come up but I remember just it was you know around the year- old Mark that we started you know doing I had a sleep training nurse who was sort of like a messaging service he would tell me how many minutes I had to wait outside for the like, you know, controlled crying sort of thing. And I just remember, again, agonizing just with the door closed and she was screaming and I was just there and the ladies on the phone going, it's all okay, she's perfectly fine. And then my whole body was just aching. My my heart was breaking, aching. I ended up saying many times, I, I can't do this today. I can't do this anymore. And I would rush in there and I would grab her and I'd be crying and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This doesn't feel right. And I was saying to this really well-meaning lady, real really, she really believed in what she was doing and she'd had so much experience and so many testimonials and she came really highly recommended. And I just said, I'm sorry, it just doesn't feel right for me. And it was a no. And I didn't even know what my no was back then. I just knew I I wouldn't leave her to cry because it didn't feel right for me. And that was it. And so we did that for maybe four or five days. I endured a lot of, you're not tough enough. Just leave her alone. She'll be fine. You were fine. We left you to cry. You were fine. Lots of those, just you can't be so attached to your baby. That was another one. She's got to learn to self-soothe. Everybody's heard that one. And I really believed in this whole thing of self-soothing. I thought, well, that sort of made sense to me, but it didn't make sense to me in the sense that it resonated with me, made sense with me because people tell you that all the time. Like self-soothing is this thing that's, hey, like as a tiny baby, (laughs) just like, yeah, what I know now and what I knew then was just like, what the, and so, yeah, we went through the sleep nurse. We had controlled crying we had white noise, we had lullabies. We went to a place called Tresillian, which in Sydney is like, you know, the sleep school, you go to Tresillian to learn how to sleep. (laughs) We basically failed sleep school after three days. They were like, listen, we can't really help you. You need to go and buy this $600 hammock. It bounces, it rocks, it does all sorts of things and she'll sleep in that. And then my next question was, well, what happens when she gets too big? And they were like, oh, oh, well, we only deal with zero to 18 months or whatever it was. So yeah, three, three out of the five days we left before the five days it ended because they literally were like, no, look, we've tried, we've tried everything. And it just seems that it's, you know, maybe she's just one of those babies that don't sleep. Okay, great. So I then came home. And from that point on, it was, I felt hopeless. I felt I've tried everything now. What am I going to do? And this was coming up to the kind of three year mark. So I was exhausted. I looked like death warmed up like I don't know how I was functioning at one point I ran a red light riding driving her around one time and the policeman pulled me over and he said oh you just ran a red light and I went oh my god did I oh my god but please could you speak quietly because my baby's asleep like I was shushing the policeman I wrote a post about it a little while I was please just be quiet just don't wake the baby I don't care what you charge me just not wake that baby and I it was at that point when I thought I'm what am I going to do here I was completely desperate and then that Christmas, my sister-in-law at the time gave me your love being a woman course. And I found an introduction to Marion. And yeah, I just went down this beautiful slip sliding slope of yeah, falling into aware parenting. And yeah, as I said, after the making friends with children's feelings course, and I started listening to feelings, it was this aha moment, like I'd never had before. And instead of feeding to sleep or whatever I was doing, rocking, jiggling, I just started listening. I listened day, I listened night, I listened day, I listened night because we had so much catch-up crying to do. And within I think the time frame is probably around the three, four-month mark, I put her down one night. Oh, so the anxiety around the five o'clock mark went, completely went when I found Aware Parenting. And then one night I remember putting her down, it was sort of three months after or so, and she slept for a five-hour block. I just remember firstly thinking, oh my God, she's dead. I better check her 20 times. And then secondly going, this is it. Like we've had a breakthrough and it was more listening, a few more months of a lot of catch up, lots of listening. And then it was five hour blocks every night, maybe one, two wakes. We still did one or two wakes for another year, maybe one wake for another year after that. So it was a really long process. But then she just started sleeping through and now she sleeps through every night. And it's like, who was that person back then? (laughs) So it was just this incredible shift and change. And uh, it was like somebody had just given me the biggest gift on the planet. I got my life back. I started working out and surfing and I had more energy and I had more spaciousness for her. It was just so amazing. So amazing.
0: Oh, Nick, I want to cry. (laughs) I'm
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost crying. It was a really
0: hard time. (laughs) I, we've point. known each other for so many years but i haven't actually heard you tell the whole story in that format yeah. before and just to actually really get a full sense of how that was for you and there's the absolute levels of exhaustion and and trying all those different things and you know i wonder if it's helpful for people listening and, and what i love to say is like the relationship you have with bella is so exquisite yeah. it's, it's just so amazing and i think it's so reassuring for parents to hear that that you know, you tried those things out and it, all of this is repairable and yeah. the, it's, it's never too late and that tr- transformation can absolutely happen. And <laughs> I'm
1: just, oh. I'm, <laughs> <So> <laughs> incredible. And I remember, I, I think on Joss's podcast, it was called Where Parenting Saved My Life and that was mainly the sleep. It literally, there was times in that night when I thought, I just don't want to do this anymore. I was so always looking forward to being pregnant. I was, I love children I just loved everything about it. And it was my worst nightmare, the pregnancy, vomiting for the full nine months. So I hadn't slept for nine months before because I was vomiting all night. So it wasn't even just when she arrived, it was nine months before that I hadn't been sleeping well. And so when she arrived and then all the complications, forced complications from the birth, now that I know that my will will was completely not heard of in that space. And then the pain from the cesarean and not being able to sleep because of the pain or her waking it was such an extended period of time where I was so disconnected and there was probably two or three times that I can really remember going, I actually don't want to do this anymore. Like I never said I wanted, you know, to die, but I did say I am at, I'm done. I I don't like this. I don't want this anymore. I'm so done. And yeah, it was obviously only you know for the love of my child that I just you just keep going you know as a parent you just keep going because you love them so much and you're trying all these things and you're doing what the culture tells you to do and this and aware parenting it's just so different to what we're told and it still boggles my mind and it is my life's mission (laughs) to people to know that this is the answer this is the answer you're looking for because it's not any of those other things you know and your child will be calm and be present and just connected with all of these things that you're doing with the way of parenting. And then that's the quote unquote self-soothe because you're there giving them that space to be soothed. It's not because they learn how to do it by being completely abandoned, which is what we are taught. Leave your child, put it in a cot, put it in a separate room. And none of that felt, felt resonant to me and especially the co-sleeping. I mean, I'm sure we can talk about co-sleeping too because that was one of, I probably would have had a lot more sleep If I didn't have every single human saying, do not put her in your bed, you will never get her out. You will not teach her to sleep by herself. If she's going, I was sleeping on the floor with my hand in the crib because I was too scared to put her in with me just so because the part of me that knew she needed connection, I had the hand in between the bars hurting my like literally like with the rungs of the cot on my arm for the entire night and me sleeping on the floor so that i could be near her but too scared to put her with me close and i did that for like six months so just trust yourself trust yourself listen to yourself nobody knows your baby like you do do it your way don't care about what anybody else get some sleep
0: <laughs> oh my god and again i'm in tears because <laughs> and no wonder you want to in terms of the marion method work but also where are friends and i know one do you want to support us to get free from the. Disconnected yes. domination culture because that is that's the that is the thing, isn't it? And I'm just shocked and horrified that you were just told that so often. Of course, I mean this is not aware parenting, but the DVC <laughs> Mary method is that it's based on disconnection from our babies and children, and all that shaming and judgment and conditioning that you received that you were in that position. I just well, I want to fly back in that little time machine to you, to you, like at any possible time I can, to just go, oh, sweetheart it's just horrific, isn't it, what you went through, what you both went through. Because Sometimes
1: you were placed- I was so tired. I found myself sleeping in places that I had not remembered laying down.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. I totally <laughs> imagine that you just been exhausted <laughs> beyond all exhaustion.
1: Yeah, and without the conditioning, without somebody just saying, just do what feels right, what is resonant for you, I just would have had her on me, she could sleep on me as much as possible, and I would have laid down and got some sleep. And then I would have had more spaciousness to be able to listen to feelings, you know. So it's all such a, I mean, it's all a journey. I really trust my journey, but I am, yeah, still healing from it, that's for sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I wonder if you'd be willing to share more nick like when you so when you first found out about aware parenting and i just re- i also love that i really remember when it was your sister-in-law like said i want to give this i want to give my, my, your loving warm course to, to my sister-in-law and can i have a coupon i just remember that and i didn't know <laughs> that was going to be you
1: <laughs> and she wrote i think i remember she writing a testimonial for that course as well yes it was one my favorite favorite yeah. testimonials <laughs> Yeah, and it was just such a beautiful way in. So I, yeah, when I started reading about aware parenting, the first thing that jumped out at me was that attachment is fine. And I'm like, oh, so we're supposed to be attached to the children that we created inside our stomachs by ourselves. Now I get it, you know, like, wow, somebody's telling me what I already know. You are supposed to spend lots of beautiful, loving, connected, physical time with your child. So firstly, I was just like, hooray right i love you what else you got i want to be with my child that makes sense to me what else is there to see so attachment was the first thing and then um because she was a bit older the healing from the crying and raging and laughter was just like an absolute firework show in my head i was like oh my gosh because i was filled with what have i done to my child you know, because quite often I, you know, even though she was a tiny baby, I, there was times when I'd just be screaming because I'd just be like, I can't take this, just stop crying, just stop, you know, and I would, I I've had a lot of regret from those things. And I had a lot of pain from times that I had acted in really unenjoyable ways that I didn't want to. So the fact that I could actually go, hang on a minute, this can heal, not her, not just her, but me, and we can move forward from this place and that she will feel more connected by me doing this. It was just such a gift. I just remember thinking, and I remember saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, universe. Thank you, thank you. You know, I was just so grateful to have somebody go here, everything's okay. No matter what has happened in the past, here's how you can heal it. And here's how you can have this incredible bond going forward. So yeah, definitely. And then hearing about catch up crying as well was huge because you kind of think coming to aware parenting for the first time well, I'm just going to listen to feelings for the first couple of hours of the day. And then we're going to have this amazing day and everything's going to be right. Well, it was not, (laughs) it was lots of crying more than I expected. And I kept reminding myself, there will be a time, there will be a time. And this is catch up crying. I picked up the aware baby around the same time. So I didn't read that until she was sort of almost forced that that filled in a lot of gaps for me as well. And then, yeah, I just remember that really miraculous night where it just all sort of made sense, but I was also I also started co-sleeping around that time as well and feeling so nice about that how nice is that just like snuggling with your toddler when they're falling asleep and yeah so it's yeah it was really just the freedom to just go everything that you're thinking and feeling is right do that and I don't really believe in right and wrong but it just it resonated deeply so yeah
0: yeah and isn't it the wonderful thing to know that I hate to have so much deep self-compassion, like for yourself, but also for that means that you know everyone that you work with it just radiates out. You know, I know that for myself. The tricky times in parenting means that just basically any parent, whatever they've been through and whatever they've done, is I just feel immense amounts of compassion because like, we you know and we go back to the beautiful why oh, parenting list or why we act in the way. We do, and really understanding that we only do those things often because we don't have the information. We had, you know, deep, deep unmet needs, like including yours for sleep, basically for four years, and we've got all our own unexpressed feelings as well. And of course, we do things that we don't want to do or that don't fit with our values, and it's all repairable. And that is everything, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what I loved so much about that as well is that when I started realizing that she must've had all these feelings. And there was this whole, quite a turbulent time up until the pregnancy and then the pregnancy and then the birth and everything There was all. And then we separated her father and I separated quite within sort of 16 months after that. So there was, you know, separate homes and whatnot. And then there was moving house. So there was a lot that had gone on. So when I realized, well, I have a lot of big feelings about this, and I'm not listening. Nobody's listening to my feelings. I'm not sharing that with anybody because I was just trying to get through the day with a newborn baby. Of course, she would got a lot of feelings about that. And so as, as what tends to happen in the aware parenting journey with listening to our children's feelings and we're understanding all of these things. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm aware parenting myself. <laughs> oh, here we go. And then the your whole reparenting journey starts because then you start looking back and thinking, okay, well, like we said in the beginning, what was going on in my life that I wasn't sleeping for five years. What was I experiencing and then having compassion for myself as a baby and really doing a lot of work with with the Marion method work in that time, going back and just thinking, okay, well, I must have had a lot of feelings in that time and nobody was listening to me and I was crying out for help and nobody was coming. And I just learned to stop crying out. I didn't self-soothe myself. I just stopped learning to disappoint myself, asking for help and having nobody come. So, since then, I've learned a lot about my mom's pregnancy and my birth. And there was times that I was put in a naughty chair at the hospital because I didn't sleep. So I was put in a naughty pram and wheeled around the hospital and crying all night, so they wouldn't no, let me. Cry my mom, but really? they were calling it a naughty pram oh and my. putting me in it and saying you know oh. <laughs> all of these things about me being naughty because I wasn't. Looks was like maybe five days old or whatever I was, three days old. And you know, you, you'll hear it all the time well they're just a baby they don't know I've never don't...
0: heard of a naughty pram I mean like like the North Shade, yes it's, but what a North baby pram. being naughty because they're crying oh seriously yeah
1: and that's it because they're supposed <sighs> to do something aren't they we oh. have but your baby you know and and the mother's groups you go to the mother's groups and we're comparing ourselves constantly so I didn't go to mother's group till I was till Bella was about nine weeks old. Cause I literally could not leave the house. I was lucky if I showered every three days, I, I was, she cried all the time. And of course I wasn't sleeping. So I certainly wasn't socializing or walking anywhere. I was just barely getting by. And I remember somebody going, you really need to join your mother's group. You'll have so much fun. You can have a chat there. And I'm like, the last thing I could think of doing was peeling myself off wherever I was to go and sit with a bunch of mothers. I didn't know. So I went anyway. And, um, I just remember out of the 10 or so mothers and babies that were there, there was Bella and one other that were not sleeping through the night. And I remember coming home from my first meeting and just picking up every stick under the sun. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with your child? Why isn't she sleeping? The majority of the people have babies sleeping through and whether they did or not, I mean, we never know whether they did or not. Maybe that was just their conditioning in, you know, but I just remember feeling so upset and, I hear that a lot from parents today, maybe not in a mother's group, but just in a school environment or in whatever it is. We're just constantly comparing ourselves and our journeys and our children's journeys to other people. And I would love for the world to stop doing that and to instead of looking at other parents with comparing eyes and then shaming yourself or judging yourself just look at everything and especially yourself with lots of love and empathy, because that's your journey and that's what you're going through. And if we offer that love and empathy to other parents going through what they're going through, then we're all connecting because we're all doing this together. We're not, nobody's better than the other people. There's no milestones that you need to meet all those apps where your child should be doing something at a certain time, throw them out, delete them, get rid of them. They are not helpful. Like, you know, sorry, wonder weeks out the door, you know, sorry, pregnancy book that was supposed to tell me that I would stop vomiting after three months, out the door. If it doesn't resonate with you and it's not helpful and it's making, you know, it's when you're feeling sad or upset when you're reading and looking at those things, get rid of them, just trust your gut. You know, it's so information overload, just have an information detox and get rid of it all. Look, you know, focus on your child and yourself and just meet everybody's needs. That's, yeah.
0: Oh my God i'm still a little bit with the not i think the naughty pram's gonna sit with me (laughs) for some while what the the ddc oh my god isn't it just so i just feel so sad like what you've experienced and what babies experience and what so many i imagine people listening right now probably going through also similarly horrific times and being judged and shamed and judging and shaming themselves and I'm so with you in the co-creating of A New World where it's and empathy
1: and support and yeah. listening. And- where babies can cry in public and people love you listening to your babies, where they can cry on a 14-hour flight to Brazil like we did and people go, I love that you're listening to your child. Oh, what a wonderful gift, rather than, can you shut that kid up? You know, so just, yeah, so much more compassion in the world for holding space in public, which is, I know for many people, one of the hardest things to do. But if everybody was... Understanding of feelings, yes. they would be, yes, that yeah. would be, that scare, you know, fear of listening to feelings in public just wouldn't exist. Because uh, everyone would be, uh, would be uh, there. In, after a few generations, everyone has had their feelings. Yes. At, so everyone's
0: comfortable <laughs> with it. So at any point in time, anyone's just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, have a know, cry. I'm here, I'm listening. Everyone, I could almost imagine their movie. Let's create a movie. Yeah. And there's a baby crying with their parent or a toddler. And literally everyone in the whole area turns <laughs> around. He just says well, we're, we're here. all here with you we're here and we're actually just going to stay here and we love you Can you imagine
1: all your feelings are welcome all
0: your feelings oh. are welcome and we're all here with you and we're just going to stay and love you like that's that that's like a healing balm isn't it i can even oh,
1: imagine right on like planes or in buses yeah. and the whole bus just turns around we're and goes chances. we're right here with you yeah what we're do me. you need I'm we're here. listening we love you <laughs> I love that yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just, just like in my oh look at that yeah that's where I want to that's the yeah. world that our children are growing up in yes, because that's, parenting that's- is coming it's here it's already here but it's really spreading yes. so much and yeah it's so many new people getting hints of it and yeah it's just it's so amazing because people are really starting to see the benefits of doing it for long periods of time. I know you and Joss have been doing it for 20 plus years and you can so see the benefits. And so now we're having people who are able to share what it looks like when your child becomes a teenager and everybody's scared of that age. you know, like, oh, teenager this, teenager that. And you guys are there going, look at our teenagers. They're so connected and they're so amazing and they're compassionate and they're beautiful and they're doing the things. And we're all like, oh, that's what it looks like 20 years in advance. So I love that we have this almost future view of what it looks like after aware parenting for that long because you know I I love knowing now that aware parenting is the long game it's not something that's take a pill and it fixes overnight and it's not easy in the moment and it can be challenging when you're dealing with other people that are not supportive of the way you parent or they're even challenging the way you parent and I know a lot of responses that I would get is, oh, if you listen to so many feelings, then she's going to cry all the time, or she's going to be a whinger, or she's going to be dramatic, or she's going to be, she's not any of those things. She's not any of those things. She's so connected to her body. She's so connected to her feelings. She's so, she knows how to soothe herself in the sense of, you know, when she needs to cry, she comes to me and she cries and she feels better. So there's this huge awareness that she would never have had without aware parenting and I now see her doing that to her friends and I see her doing that to her her cousins and it's changing it absolutely is changing so yeah
0: mm, and all the people that you are you know people who've got babies who now look at you and saying oh my god or they might have a three-year-old that's that's also not sleeping and to actually see the possibility of absolute transformation not only for our own experience but actually for our children and what how life can be for them. And you know, as, as every time you send me a message almost and you share what, what Bella said or done and I like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so amazing, isn't it? And it's so inspiring.
1: And there's this, I just uh, the one thing that I would love to say to people if they're going through that right now.
0: I was and- actually gonna say, well, yeah. I was gonna say, what would you like to say?
1: <laughs> just Reach out and have your own feelings heard because I still was, even though I was aware parenting her and listening to all her feelings, I was feeling completely overwhelmed with the amount of crying and I was not talking to anybody about it at all. I think my practices at the time were really just meditation. And once I got back into surfing, that was my little piece of peace piece of piece but really just if you know connect with an aware parenting instructor or have somebody have a listening partner an empathy buddy and just really connect with someone to have your feelings heard because you will see such a difference in your ability to hold space in such a present way rather than being there thinking that you're holding space but in your head going I don't don't want to do this I'm tired and I'm this and I'm this so but you know babies and children can feel that energy from you so having your own feelings heard and then being in a space where you're so super present will be that beautiful healing farm um, that they need as well to express in a place where they feel better after. So definitely get some listening time for yourself. Yes. <laughs> so essential, isn't
0: it? So, so mm. essential. Anything else? Like if someone's there, even though they're there, like any point of that they're resonating with your journey, is there anything? That, what else would you like to say?
1: Don't listen to anyone. You know your child better than anyone better than anyone, hands down. I don't care what walk of life you're from, you know your child better than anyone. And just trust that those, the instincts and that innate wisdom in you saying this resonates, this doesn't resonate and follow your willingness around that because nobody is there with you. This is what I realized in the end. All these lovely people that had all of these opinions were not there with me every 45 minutes at night or laying with me on the floor. They were not. They had all these well-meaning opinions, which is wonderful, but I was there doing it by myself. So why wasn't I listening to myself? You know, I wasn't there to prove anything to anybody else. I obviously was asking for help, but they weren't there physically when I really needed that time overnight. So you're doing it, trust yourself and, you know, also beautiful thing about aware parenting is you can trust your child to know what they need to so then the whole idea of broken cookie moments and things you end up welcoming those things coming in because you trust that your child knows that they need to release now so there's just this weight lifted off you it's not your responsibility to help them release they will come to you and initiate those releases and you can just trust that so
0: Mm. (laughs) yeah 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 so amazing (laughs) Oh is there anything else that you want to say that you haven't said about sleep and about what's possible about transformation about
1: I think I think still co-sleeping has quite a tinge of taboo on it and you know my daughter's turning 10 this year and she loves sleeping with me and then a couple of weeks ago she she just said to me I'm going to go and sleep in my own bedroom tonight and it was just off the cuff in the middle of nowhere and I looked at her and I went oh okay and I had some feelings about that, but I was like, "Yep, yeah, sure, that sounds great." And I said, "Oh, can I ask why?" And she said, "Oh, I just want to make sure I can." So it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." And she said, and I said, "Oh, do you need me to? Do you want me to still lay with you?" And she's, well, of course, you know, well, <laughs> she still lay with me to go to sleep. But she knows that once she's asleep, she doesn't wake up till the morning. So she's got this confidence about it, and she was just sort of. And then the next day, it was like she's like, I could see her getting a pillow and a, a little thing. And she's like coming i'm coming back home now she said (laughs) and i went okay no problem so this whole fear that they'll never sleep on their own that they don't want to sleep that they'll be so connected to you they won't be able to function in society no (laughs) it's not going to happen okay they're not going to be 18 and still wanting to sleep with you (laughs) it's just not going to happen and when that does happen We're all going to be here to hold feelings for you because you're going to miss them sleeping with you and you're going to be like, oh, I really enjoyed that and it's such a beautiful time of life. And for me, my my daughter loves to chat (laughs) even more so as we get to the night time and I'm going to miss those times. Like, you know, there's sometimes during the week where I'm like, oh, I have a no for any more chatting, but I'm going to miss those times that she's there and we spend that beautiful little snuggly time before bed because it's such a beautiful time to connect before they go to sleep which is a form of separation as well so kids still have that as well but i just i love it and i'm gonna lap it up for as long as i can till she doesn't want to do it anymore and then we'll be connecting in all the other ways and it'll all be still lovely anyway
0: yeah it's one of the most beautiful things isn't it and again i just think so painful that what the culture has done to how many parents have actually missed out how many children have missed out on that experience and it's just the most normal natural things as 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 m- mammals basically as actual creatures you see any animals they just the yeah, particularly mammals just of course they want to cuddle up at night it's just like, the most natural thing to do yeah. and it might be when she's 18 she sometimes wants to come and have a cuddle and isn't that oh, amazing yes, as well yeah. like she's, you know, she's had a big day or I don't know just like I just love so much with much <laughs> exactly it's so much shaming isn't it I just see yeah. that with the floods as you know about my mum's still sleeping in my living room and basically i'm here i do all my everything from my this is used to be a kitchen bench many years ago so <laughs> <laughs> a very small kitchen bench because most of it's taken up with my <laughs> desktop and my office that's basically it my kitchen and living room is our main space and she's been sleeping on the day bed for a year and it's to me it's like so normal and natural for elders as well for old people not to be on their own for babies and children. but like nobody unless of course we nobody. Want to great yummy wonderful but it's like when we're in a partnership we often want to actually that physical closeness it's just normal and the way that this culture has shamed that and shamed parents for naturally being connected to the the desire to be close to their baby and child at night and shames children for that it's just so I don't know. I'm use a judgment word. I was going to use a judgment, word, which means I have feelings. I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel sad, sad, full of grief, full of frustration, full of outrage. That when the I feel storm- angry.
1: I was just thinking as well. I feel angry about. Yeah. Don't tell me I can't <laughs> hug my child too much because <laughs> they're going to do. I'm like, oh my god. I love hugging my child. I love that physical closeness. And I can remember even that being judged when she was younger. That I would just carry her all the time and and just hug her all the time and lots of like play and just always touching her and being near her. And I remember being, you know, sort of judged and shamed for just leave her alone, just leave her <sighs> alone. <laughs> I'm like, but I love her and she loves it. Why? Yes. doesn't yes. make sense. doesn't, doesn't it make, make any
0: sense. sense. Apart from it makes sense the DDC because we don't want, the DDC doesn't want. Parents and children to be connected because mm. anyway, if you want to hear more about that, we oh, about episode. that on over on the
1: Psychospiritual podcast a lot. You <laughs> just reminded me of a line in the Away Baby. I remember reading in the first couple of pages; it says something about like, not, I don't know if it's cavemen. I'm probably got that wrong, but just the survival need to be close because if you were far away, then there was a you know, and that made so much sense to me. There's so little, and the DDC has this ability. To almost force us to think that even though they're little, they need to be independent, and even though they're little, they need to be. You see it in the hospitals. Like, don't sleep next to your child. In, in when they get the crib, this they need to learn to sell suit. At school, they're five years of age. Just drop them off and walk away. You know, they're just supposed to ex- be expected to thrive independently before they can have a front cortex to make a. It- why we're we just expecting them to do so many more things and it's so acceptable people just go yep yeah, well they've got to grow up sometime they're four <laughs> and they're crying and their bag is bigger than their bodies it's not normal it's not normal it's sorry, normal. I <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I'm sorry. you know, yeah. I, I, I pretty much now think back to in any question about anything, what did hunter-gatherers do? Because basically that's, we still got the body and the psyche of hunter-gatherers pretty much a little bit, probably a bit changed, but that's always my question, whether it's babies. And I talked about that in a couple of episodes ago in the sleep one, actually, I go into detail about, about how connection is essential to be able for babies, children, all humans to be able to sleep because particularly exactly as you said, for babies and children, because they need, to know that they're safe enough to be able to relax enough to go to sleep and for a baby or child they need to know that they have people around them close so that if if the the line comes <laughs> that there's someone that can pick them up and carry them because there's a baby they're not able to they don't have much ability to fight or flight when they're a baby they can only freeze when they're, once they're a toddler yes they might go to slowly toddle away from from risk but they need to be to feel relaxed enough to sleep they need to feel safe or they can dissociate that's really the only two choices for babies and small children so oh,
1: so interesting I, yeah. everything that you just said i find that so interesting and then i was thinking like okay we're expecting a five-week-old baby to sleep through the night but can it sit in the bath and wash itself like no like can it feed itself no so like why are we expecting it you know, do you know what i mean so can it dress itself can it change its nappy no so why are we expecting a five-week-old baby or a ten-week-old baby or a twelve-week-old baby to be sleeping through the night? It's just another basic need, isn't that's interesting, isn't it? That's really I'm going to ponder that for the week. Why do we have this thing where we don't expect them to do, you know, sit up in the bath and put the sponge on their head and rush the, thing, you know, like we don't expect them to do that or wipe their own bottoms and change their nappies, but you will sleep by yourself when you're two weeks old. What the, oof, crazy.
0: Yeah, the future humans that in the world that we're willing to co-create is going to be looking back going wow we got so far from our true nature yeah, I mean, we've evolved true understanding of who we are as human beings and what we need uh-huh. to thrive and most yeah. basic things for connection for safety the yeah. connection the support mm. presence mm. Ah, amazing <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much as always I love <laughs> our conversations <laughs> mm. proud of it. do you mm. want to share about the amazing offerings that you've got at the moment so people because I want to say like I get to talk to you every day <laughs> So invite anybody who's inspired by you to come and have sessions come and do you've already got one course which you're going to share about you creating another one like what what can people if people want more where yes. can they find you what can they do
1: So I offer sessions. I call them parent alchemy sessions because for me, aware parenting just alchemizes every aspect of your parenting journey. It just absolutely transforms things into gold. So I offer one, three and six month journeys for those. I have an aware parenting course or an introduction to aware parenting course called the parent alchemy journey, which I'm going to be opening a new live round very soon. Uh, that's exciting I really enjoyed doing that last year I did Facebook lives on crying and big feelings and attachment play which is my big I love just those two parts were so helpful to me so I have a lot of passion about them and I'm creating a new course called surviving school with aware parenting and the Marion method and that is about advocating and supporting yourself and then advocating and supporting for your child at school in these systems that are less than supportive to us as parents so that is a huge passion i'm really excited about that one
0: mm. and what i really really recommend is for people to come and look at your social media so your instagram or facebook because the things that you share every day are so like really really tangible things that are really so supportive and i see the responses from parents like oh my god it's so helpful <laughs> so do you want to share your website and your social media as well so people i will put it in the notes but yeah you want to share
1: so peacefulparenting.com.au, you can find out all the information about the offerings and the sessions on there. And then Instagram is at Peaceful Parenting and Facebook is at peacefulparenting.com.au. Thank you.
0: Yum. Yay.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you. Me too. And thank you because uh, as part of what inspired this is to uh, starting from next week, I'm going to be starting writing a book on Aware Parenting and Sleep. I'm recreating my sleep course, which just kept breaking and being fixed and breaking again and over a few after about five times of this I thought mm, I think I think I might be being invited to make a new one so I'm going to do that and I'm making it and a workshop too so those are all coming specifically in relation to sleep so I'm going to be talking about sleep all the time everywhere so
1: so, good. so many people need that information
0: yeah and thank you for sharing your experiences and your story because it, i just you know, again my heart goes out to you so much but just the inspirationness that's not even a word but just like the transformation <laughs> really is possible and the incredible relationship you have with bella and you know, who she is and who you are and you know the differences that you both make in the world so i'm so glad you're here and
1: thank you for doing you. all that you're doing thank you and if it wasn't for you i
0: wouldn't be here <laughs> i'm not- really glad yeah. i followed that calling to do that loving oh. woman course if if the only reason was for us to connect <laughs> and for you to learn about where well. printing and to, to that whole journey you've taken then yeah. it was worth every every bit of that so
1: every i trust every part of that looking back now and it's so beautiful to make those connections because to see where we are now to see where it started all those years ago and how i felt now and how i felt then and how i feel now i just i'm am eternally grateful for every course you've ever put out and every post you've ever written, every podcast you've ever done. I know billions of people around the world need and love the information that you share. So it's really, yeah, it's saved my life 100%. And I'm sure there's lots of people that you'll never hear from that it saved their lives as well. So oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So true with all my heart. I.
0: Mm, thank you. you so much lovely so i appreciate you and all you bring bringing to the world and i want to say anyone who's watching this and likes our conversations together we talk a lot on the spiritual podcast as well so you can find more not aware parenting that's completely different but resonant and yeah come come and listen there if you enjoy this yeah. thank you so much lovely nick and, and thank you to the lovely listeners and so much love to you all